with Manitou. It's good to be in the house of the Lord together. Would you all stand with me? Let's worship our God, the King of Kings, who reigns forever. He's here in this room. He longs to encounter you. Let's worship him with our whole hearts today. Amen. Bam! 
Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious. You are the only King forever. Almighty God, we lift you higher. You are the only King forever, forevermore. You are victorious.
break through our deafness. Open our ears again. Would you flare and blaze and banish our blindness? Open our eyes again, Lord. We want to see you. We want to hear you. We want to know you. We need you to do what only you can do this morning in our circumstances, in our lives, in our hearts, in those we love. Lord, give us faith for the impossible again. Do what only you can do this morning. We're crying out to you. In faith, in Jesus' name, amen.
Justice, and we thank you. We praise you that that's happening here in Manitou Springs, Lord. We lift your name high here in this building, in this house of yours, Lord. We praise your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to tell you how committed New Life Church is to global missions. We have missionaries in a lot of different countries. We go on trips quite a bit. In fact, uh, in all our congregations, we're celebrating that this is Mission Sunday, and we're bringing attention to missionaries and mission trips. Uh, there's a trip that I get to be a part of this coming week, and so uh, there's a team. Would you guys come up here from uh, New Life North, New Life Manitou? My wife is going. We're going to Nicaragua. Come on up here. Uh, we're we're, we're going to ask you guys to pray for us. On, on Saturday, there's a group of us leaving. Uh, we're not all here today, but there's enough of us here. Um, come on up. Join me on the stage. So we're going to go to Nicaragua. And the, the purpose of this particular trip is we're going to go visit different homes. People have invited us into their homes because we have favor as Americans and we're going to rural villages. People have been asked, would you like to have a visit from some Americans? They're going to tell you about Jesus. And people have said, yes, when they're here, we would like a visit. So we're going to go with a translator, with a local pastor, and we're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to knock on doors. We're going to pray over them. We're going to present to them the gospel. And this organization in Nicaragua has said that we have, they've seen hundreds, if not thousands of conversions from this ministry. So it's a longtime partner that we get to go with. And so would you join with me in praying? I'm going to ask Jenny Sue. She's a missionary herself. She's one of the missionaries at this church. They have uh, different missionary stations in Southeast Asia. And she's going to pray a blessing over this team and, uh, Thank you as a church. As we, you know, we talk about giving all the time. Some of your funds when you give to the church go to trips like this. We all had to raise our own support for our individual trips, but we're going to be going with a gift. We're going to be going to support the missionaries that are already there and the local ministry that's going on there. So, Jenny Sue, would you pray over us? Lord God, we just thank you that you are God with us that you have prepared the way, that you've already opened hearts and doors, that there are people eager for you, Jesus. I just thank you for this team, the ones that are on the stage, those that are going but not here with us this morning. Lord God, I ask that you would uh, be near to each and every individual, that they would be overwhelmed with your peace, your patience, your joy, your purpose. Lord God, we know that you prepared good works in advance for each of us to do. And so we claim that, Pastor Joe and Pastor Erica and the whole team, that you have specifically equipped them to meet these people, Lord God. And we thank you that they can let their light shine, that these people will give glory to our Father who is in heaven. And we thank you that your grace is sufficient. Whatever they encounter in the trip, we ask that you would protect their health, that you would protect their heart, that you would protect their families while they are traveling, Lord God, and that they would be uh, awakened in a new and deeper way to your majesty and your grace as they watch you set these people free. 
we thank you that you are still the same God who was and is and is to come. You are still the God who sets captives free. You are still the God that opens the eyes of the blind and heals the lame. And we ask that it would be so in this trip. We thank you that you alone build your church and we get a front row seat. So I ask that the Holy Spirit would bring this team to each person's remembrance in the upcoming week, that each of us would feel the burden to walk alongside of this team in the spirit realm as they go, as they are sent. We thank you that you are our Savior, our Father, a good God, a faithful God that your mercies are new every morning. We ask that it would be so on this trip and beyond. We ask all of these things, Jesus, boldly in your name, by your blood, for your glory and for your kingdom. Amen. We love you, we praise you, and it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for worship this morning. If you're new, a special welcome to you. We have a gift for you, so please don't miss that. Um, You can get it at the welcome table at the end. Um, The kids can be dismissed at this time to go to their classes. The rest of you turn and greet each other. We'll be right back up here with the word in just a moment. Thank you.
Good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Good morning, everyone. So good to see you. Some special people are here right over here. Kevin and Mudarika and Zoe. You're already standing. Kevin and Mudarika, would you stand? Just give a little wave. You guys might not know, but Kevin and Mudarika uh, are missionaries in Thailand. And Kevin used to be a member here. Then he moved to Thailand. So thank you guys for being here. Welcome. God bless you guys. Uh, what else? Briars are here, Sarah, Ben. Good to see you guys. Um, I have a sermon for you today. It is going to be a sermon titled, May Our Longing for God Increase. May Our Longing for God Increase. We're going to open up the scriptures. I'm going to uh, continue our series in Kings and Kingdoms. We'll be looking at First Kings in First uh, Kings chapter 11, if you want to turn there. But before we do that, there's someone special, another special people to recognize, and that is someone who's been serving on our team for about 10 months, and we are getting to send them to another New Life congregation. They get to go to New Life East. So Daniel, would you come on up here? Give, uh, you guys know, you love Daniel. Uh, he's been, he's usually back there on the, on the AV board back there, pushing buttons and doing things, uh, which I always think it'd be a funny joke if like, if right now the sound just stopped. We had Daniel, get back there. <laughs> I always think that's the funniest joke. But Daniel, uh, he's been with a lot of you might not even don't know Daniel. Uh, he's a humble guy. He's going to seminary. And so he's working on his uh, master's degree. He has been not only back there in AV production, but he's also been here at 633, which is our high school ministry on Wednesday nights. He's been doing a lot of the preaching. You might see him leading worship sometimes, playing every instrument, singing. He is uh, obviously one of the MVPs of New Life Manitou Springs. And he gets to, we get to send him to New Life East because here it's a part-time position there it's a full-time position. He's going to be overseeing an entire team. He's going to be overseeing two services. So yeah, it's an incredible opportunity for him. He's only 23 years old and the Lord is, is blessing him. And so this is his last Sunday here. We do have, we asked him, what's your favorite uh, dessert breakfasty thing? And he said donuts. So we have donuts for everyone here in this sanctuary after the service to say goodbye to Daniel. But would you Stretch your hands out to Daniel. This is uh, something we do to say we're with you, we're sending you, we love you. And uh, just look at this, look at this crowd. Open your eyes. This is, this is a group of people, you've only been with us 10 months, but we love you. We're really gonna miss you. We're sending you with blessings. So Lord, we pray over Daniel. Lord, as he goes just down the road to New Life East, he stays in the family. Lord, we send him with your blessing. We pray Psalm 1 over him, that he will be like the tree planted by streams of water, that he'll yield fruit in his life fruit in season, Lord, that everything he does will prosper. Lord, we send him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Thank, you. Thank you, Daniel. All right. Daniel, yes, faithful worker of the Lord. Would you turn now to 1 Kings chapter 11? Let me preface what we're about to read, because so far in this series, it's been pretty good, like, like it's been good uh, I don't know, things are going well for the kingdom, for Solomon. And, and like Solomon has built the temple. He's built the palace. This is like the height of Israel's kingdom. Everything seems to be going well. And we're about to read a passage about Solomon's demise. And my reaction 
to this passage is, come on, man, come on. Like Solomon, you had it all. He was wealthy, he was rich, he was famous, he, he had it all. He was the king of this great kingdom and then he lets cracks slip into his life and his personal life goes to shambles. The whole kingdom goes to shambles and we see it playing out before our very eyes in this text of scripture and I'm like, come on, man, come on. So as we listen to this passage being read would you lean into it? This is a passage about the demise. It's, it's kind of a negative subject material. But my plan, my hope is that in this sermon, it'll actually be an encouragement. That, that all Solomon had to do was repent. He ends up in a bad situation. But like his father David, he ended up in different bad situations. We'll talk about that. And David repents. Solomon, we don't see that in the text of Scripture him repenting. So would you stand with me as we read this text of scripture and listen to it, receive from it. We say to your say to, to God as we read this scripture, speak Lord, your servants are listening. First Kings chapter 11 verse 1 says, King Solomon however loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, Hittites, they were from nations which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives. I'm sorry, does that say that? Does that say 700 wives? Come on, man. <laughs> He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And then it, the gravity of the situation, his wives led him astray. And listen to this. We'll come back to this phrase. As Solomon grew old, this is the path he was on. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods. And his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as, listen to this, as his as, as David, his father, had been. And then here's the, the brutal details. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, as his father had done. There's that phrase twice now. Like he didn't follow the Lord as David, his father, had done. Here's some more details. On a hill, this is verse seven, on a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the detestable God of Moab, for Molech, the detestable God of the Anamites. He did, not, he did the same for all his foreign wives who burned incense and offered sacrifices to their gods. Verse nine, the Lord became angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice, Although he had forbidden Solomon to follow other gods, Solomon did not keep the Lord's command. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you bow your heads with me? Christ, you are in our midst. And as we look at this story, the, the demise of someone, the, the following into sinful paths, Lord, we pray, we ask, Lord, may we turn to you wherever we are, wherever we, we've gone on our paths, on, on our lives as we've wandered from you, Lord, may we turn. May we turn and worship you.
May we turn and know that you've been chasing us that whole time in your love. You've been right behind us, waiting for us to turn to you. So Lord, we do. We, 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 we come to you. We receive your grace. We receive your mercy in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, let me begin with a question today, which will lead us into this story of Solomon and his demise. It's a, it's a question for kind of self-awareness. It's a question about your longings. This is point uh, one of this sermon, which is just a question. What are you longing for? Have you thought about that question? Like, what, what's, what's your life? You know, what do you, what do you want out of life? Here's some synonyms for longing, uh, craving. What are you desiring? What are you yearning for? What are your aspirations in life? I like this word. What are your hankerings? That's a fun word to say. Say it out loud with me, would you? What are you hankerings? What are you you hankering? What are you hankering for? What a fun word. What are your metaphorical hungers of this world? Maybe the best word besides longing is passions. Like what are your passions? What are you seeking in this life? I asked this question uh, to, to quite a few people this week as I've just made my way into conversations thinking about this text. And I think of someone like Solomon who had it all. Like he, everything he longed for, he done got, like real quick. Like he had it all. Wealth, fame, all the money. We, we, a couple of weeks ago, we compared his wealth to billions, maybe a trillionaire in today's amount of money. We don't know. It's hard to compare ancient wealth with today's wealth. But someone who had it all, he, every longing he had, he got. And so I asked this question. I said, hey, what, what are you longing for? Like if you could have the most of anything, what would it be? Think about that. Like, I'm not putting anybody on the spot here. I put people on the spot throughout the week. I asked my sons. I have four boys. Uh, I asked uh, Rowan, what, 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 do you, what do you want, Rowan? And if you could have anything. And it was, it was in the morning. It was before breakfast. And so he said, food. He said, food. Yeah, I'm hungry. I want food. And then he got into, like, different kind of type of candies he wanted. And, Dad, do you think the everlasting gobstopper is a real thing? I said, no, it's probably not a real thing. But that's what he was like. If you could have the most of anything, he'd say, I want food. Hungry. Uh, let's see. Max, he said, he's, uh, Max is eight years old. He said, uh, he was getting ready for school, and he said, recess. That's his best uh, uh, subject in school, by the way, uh, <laughs> recess, like, oh, an endless recess. And then Theo, it was Monday morning when I asked this question. I said, Theo, what, what do you uh, want if you could have anything? Theo's six years old. He said, I wish I could just sleep as long as I wanted. How many of you are like Theo? Like, I, this sometime this week, you're just like hitting the alarm. It's, oh, I'm longing for just a little more sleep. But what is it? Like, well, what's, what's, I mean, those are all like little things in life that, that, that could, you know, make, make for your longings. But what is really in the, the center of your heart for longing? What, what are the things that you want? And, and I would say, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting, you know, some more sleep, some more food. Uh, these things are probably good things to desire. But there's definitely things that can take, take us away from God in our longings. Um, the misuse of things. Let me put up a quote by Maximus the Confessor. He's uh, a church uh, father from long ago. And this, this quote, I think about it a lot for like our desires, our wantings. He says, food is not evil. Well, duh, of course not. We have to eat. Food is not evil, but gluttony is. Childbearing, that's not evil, but fornication is. Money, we all need money. We have to buy and sell and spend things and 
Money's not evil, but avarice is. That's the old word for greed. He says, glory is not evil, but vainglory is. The old way of saying confidence. Confidence isn't evil, but vainglory, like the selfish self-pride that we have. Well, that, that's not right. Indeed, he says, there is no evil in existing things, but only in their misuse. I like the way he words that. Like you're, you're misusing things. You have desires, but it's like, I, I just want a little bit more. I just want more. And I just want you get to, you know, that's kind of a, the, the saying of someone who's addicted. Just one more, just one more, just one more, just something like one more thing, and then I'll have enough. And for Solomon, he was someone that, that could do that. He, one more, one more, one more, until like it's to the point of his own downfall and destruction. Here's what I want to say. Be aware of your longings and where they're taking you. The encouraging part of this sermon is that you can long for God. You can long for God, and the good news is that God will be near you. The good news is that he will truly fill you more than any of these earthly longings. Let's jump right to point two, This right along these same lines. Point two is this, uh, kind of a warning. There are dangerous longings that can pull us away from God. I'll say that again. There's dangerous longings that can pull us away from God. And uh, I think Solomon must have known that this was going to happen. The Lord appeared to him twice, written in the law, Deuteronomy 17, 17, says that kings shall not have many wives. And what does Solomon do? He, he, has, he has it all. He has many wives. He has fortune. He has wealth and power. One more, just one more, just one more until it reaches a point of just insanity. He's got so much, it's ridiculous. In fact, the Queen of Sheba, we'll put up this uh, passage. This is from the previous uh, chapter, chapter 10, and it's the Queen of Sheba visits Solomon. I'll just kind of paraphrase. She sees all that he has, the food at his table, the seating of the officials, even the attendants' robes, cupbearers, burnt offerings, uh, the temple, and all that he was offering at the temple. And she says, you know, I heard this report back home, but I didn't believe it. I've come and seen it. And it's, she says, this fellow queen from another nation says, not even half, like this, this, you're just blowing my mind with all this stuff you have and all the excesses. This is insane. All your wisdom, all your glory, it, it says um, not even uh, how happy your people must be, how happy they must be because of all that you have. And, and this is like the highlight. This is like the, the climax of Israel's earthly kingdom. Solomon has it all. And what does he do? Well, he's, he's on this slow path to destruction. Here's a guy that is slowly descending. And that phrase, 1 Kings 11, 4 says, as Solomon grew old, as Solomon lived his life, it was just one more, just one more, just one more, until the point of utter chaos in his life and the path of destruction. Let's talk about having 700 wives for just a minute, shall we? Does anyone else think that's a little, uh, a little much? Come on, man. Like Solomon, 700 wives, 300 concubines. I mean, I'm going to say some jokes, not to be funny, but I guess to be funny, weird, not funny, ha-ha, but just doing the numbers. A thousand women, uh, do the math. That is 
two or three birthdays every single day. That is two or three anniversaries every single day. That's like six cakes, six parties every single day. I mean, that's, some of you are like, that's not even funny. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's funny and ridiculous at the same time. I've been working on a joke this whole week, and I, I, don't, I can't nail it, so I'll just bring up the idea of 1,000 mother-in-laws. <laughs> now, I have a great mother-in-law. She's probably watching online. Hi, Gail. Uh, she'll text me later. I'll text her later. It's a good thing. But can you imagine? A th- I mean, what is this situation? Come on, man. A thousand wives. I mean, just the utter ridiculousness of that. Let's compare it to something else. What if somebody in here was bragging about how many friends they have? Like, so how many of you have like three, four good friends? Like really good friends. I, one of my friends is here. Hi, Kevin. Kevin and I, we're in an accountability group together with another dude, and we've been doing this. We're coming on like, I don't know, coming on to 20 years almost? We're coming on to 20 years. And when he's in Thailand, we Zoom each other. I go to my friend Joe Couch's house. We Zoom Kevin in. And just a good friend. I consider him one of my good friends. Truly, by definition, a friend. Now, if someone in here was like bragging about having 30 friends, you'd be like, wow, that's, that's cool. That's, wow, that's a lot of friends. You have that many friends? Now, if someone started bragging about, I have 100 friends, you'd kind of be like, eh, I don't think you have 100 friends, right? That's what you would think to yourself. If someone said, I have 500 friends, if someone said, I have 1,000 friends, what would you say? You'd say, no, you don't. You don't have 1,000 friends. And you're like, what are you even talking about? Are you talking about Facebook friends? Are Facebook friends real friends? Well, they can be, but everybody's saying no. No, they're not real. They're just someone that you, like, oh, I met them at a conference once. And it's like, oh, I'll, I'll request them to be my friend on Facebook. And they, they accepted that friendship. And now it's been eight years. And I have no idea who this person is. Like, who is this? I don't even know. Do, do I even know them? Do they know me? Well, I did meet them for like one day, hung out with them. And it's like, no, they're not a friend. They're an acquaintance. They're, they're, we, had, we had, a, you know, we had spent the day together at some conference. We sat at the same table. But is that a friend? Well, not by the definition that I would like to use. So the idea of a thousand friends, is that ridiculous? Is the idea of a thousand wives ridiculous? Absolutely ridiculous. Like it's the point of insanity of, of like, like, what are you, come on, man. Like one more, just one more, just one more. And it leads to a horrible conclusion. His wives lead him away from the Lord Almighty, and he ends up building temples for gods like Molech and the, the worshipers of Ashtoreth. Like, come on, man, how did you get to this place where you're, you're following other gods and building temples near Jerusalem for other gods? Here's what I want to encourage you with. I want to encourage you to start new, that that can happen at any point. Solomon could have at any point in his descending into this darkness as he got older, at any point, he could have turned. He could have asked for forgiveness. He could have worshipped the, the God of, of Israel, Yahweh, as the only God. And I think about like how David, you know, we compared David last week. How many of you were here last week for last week's sermon? We, we talked about how David became the gold standard. Twice in this passage we read today, it mentions you, you did not follow David, you did not follow the Lord your God like your father David did. 
And we're like, how did David become the gold standard? Like, does anybody else know some of the stories of David, like where he, his life fell apart? Like he sinned greatly. What was so great about David? Well, I think it's how quick he was to ask for forgiveness. Point number three in this sermon is this. It's, it's an encouragement. Ask for forgiveness. Trust in God. And God is right there. No matter where you've gone, no matter how far you've gone down the road of sin and destruction like Solomon, he could have turned. He could have forg- asked for forgiveness and followed the Lord. Ask for forgiveness. Trust God. 1 Kings eleven six. 6, it's, it's one of these passages. It says, Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as his father David, as David, his father, had done. And what was so amazing about David is how quick he was to truly go into repentance and forgiveness. We have a record of Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is uh, a passage of repentance. It's after he, he commits adultery and then murder to cover up that adultery. Many of you know that story of him and Bathsheba. And the text says, Psalm 51, a Psalm of David, after he had committed a sin and and repented before the Lord, Psalm 51 says, have mercy on me, O God, according to thy great mercy, according to the multitude of tender mercies. It goes on to say, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, from my sin, for it's ever before me. But you, Lord, you can blot it out. You can make me whiter than snow. David was someone who was quick to ask for forgiveness. He was quick to repent. And so as I wrap up this sermon, I think of going to the table, like the, the table of communion. This is where we, we have longings for hunger, metaphorical hunger uh, for the things that, that are inside of us. Like we have a, a hole in our heart that uh, maybe you've heard this analogy before. There's a hole, a puzzle piece missing out of our hearts and, and nothing can fill it. We try to fill it with all these different things, Solomon, obviously, with wealth, with fame, with, with all these thousand wives, like he tried to fill these things and he comes to this conclusion. He's the author of the book of Ecclesiastes saying it's all meaningless. He gets to this point. It's like, wow, this, this is all, it's a very depressing book of the Bible, just realizing like wealth, fame, food, fortune, women, they, they are not what can fulfill you only God can. There is something missing in our hearts that only God can fill. Maybe you've heard the phrase of a, a, a God-shaped hole in your heart that only he can fill. And as we come to the table, the, the communion table, this is where our, our metaphorical hungers for this things that we're craving, well, well, they get filled in a mysterious way with the body with the blood of Jesus. We, we take them into our lives. This, these longings go down deep into us and, 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 and they're filled. The, the longings that we have are filled with the mystery of Christ, his grace and his mercy. I wanna read a passage of scripture for you. Would you stand with me? This is uh, the ending of a, of a psalm. This is Psalm 91. And uh, I was meeting with the men's group on Thursday and we had a, a little barbecue outside, and it was wonderful. And uh, John Shellhammer, where's he at? There he is, I see him over there. He was preaching, uh, sharing really, teaching on uh, loving God. And he brought up this, this psalm, Psalm 91, that begins with, because he loves me. So this is the Lord speaking. 
And it's, it's pointing out someone. The Lord is pointing out someone that loves him. It's the Lord speaking and, and, and saying like, this blessing is going to bestow this person because they love me. And I think of Solomon being so far away from God and yet, and yet so close. And all of us being at times that we feel so far, maybe we feel distant from the Lord. Maybe it's sin, maybe it's a path that we've been on and we feel far away from the Lord and yet we can be so close if we just turn to him, if we just love him, if we worship him, if we ask for forgiveness of where we've been and the, the paths we think we're going down that aren't right, we can turn. We can be so near to God, although we feel at times so far. Have you turned to him? Have you thought to tell him you love him? As I read this passage, the, the band can come forward. Communion servers, you can come forward. Listen to this being read. Ask yourself right now, when's the last time you told God that you love him? Psalm 91, starting in verse 14, it's the Lord speaking. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, I will answer him, I will be with him in trouble, I will deliver him, and I will honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him. And I think about that, that long life Solomon had and the, and the paths he went on not turning to the Lord. We're all in this room. We can turn to the Lord. We can, wherever we're at, we can look to him, look full in his face. We can come and receive from his table. This is an open table. Anyone that professes Jesus as Lord, come forward, receive the elements. The, the communion servers will give them to you. You'll receive them in your hands. Would you go back to your seat and just hold them and, and wait there? I'll come back up and we'll all receive together. But this moment is a time to, to respond, to come forward, to, to walk down this. It's a very short journey, but it is a journey looking towards the cross, coming with empty hands, saying, God, would you fill my life? I'm longing, I'm longing for you. I'm longing for all these different things, but only you, Lord, can fill me. Only you can fully satisfy me. So with that heart, we come. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. It's the body of Christ for the body of Christ. Would you come now?
take the bread and lift it up. Jesus' body, God himself, that's who we believe Jesus is, was lifted up onto a cross. And on that cross, there was suffering. His body was broken. God's life was killed for our life, for the sacrifice of our sins. And so we receive this bread in this moment. Would you receive the bread with me? Jesus took the cup on the last night of his life with his disciples. He lifted it and said, do this in remembrance of me. Receive this cup. This is a cup of a new covenant. My blood shed for you. So would you receive this cup with me? Lord, in this moment, we, we give you all praise and glory. We thank you that no matter who we are, we can turn from any path that we've been going on and and look at you and you're right there. You're chasing us in your love. And so Lord, we praise you. We thank you for your mercy, for your grace upon this church. As we leave from here, Lord, in our lives, Lord, would you use us to share your love, your joy in this world. We praise your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, as you leave from here, don't go yet, uh, and don't go quickly, because we're going to celebrate Daniel and, and the work he's done here, and uh, as, as you leave, if you would like prayer, would you come forward? Uh, I'll be down here, as well as the communion team that was down here. We would love to pray with you or for you. Maybe this week is a big week coming up. Maybe your week you just had was a pretty horrible week. We would love to pray for you, for, for health, for hope, for blessings, Come forward and receive prayer. If you're new or newish, if you've been to other New Life congregations, if this is your first time with us, or if you've been coming a while and you've never filled out a card or gotten on our email list, we'd love to put you on that email list. We send out maybe two emails a month just letting you know more about things going on at the church. We have a paper form outside as you leave, or you can scan the QR code with your cell phone. It'll take you to a link to do that electronically. A couple more announcements. We have coming up in uh, later this month, October 23rd, it's going to be this new small group that we're starting called Sound Minds. We want you to be aware of it, that as you hear more details about it, it's going to be not a support group, not a Bible study, but kind of a support group, kind of a Bible study for people either struggling with mental illness or helping people or just interested in... uh, mental health and stability. So it's, it's going to be one of those really good places just to come and to talk and to learn more about mental health. Uh, another announcement is that this Thursday, we have our women's group right here, 630. We're going to open up the scriptures. The women are going to read and share. So please come if you're a woman right here, 630 on Wednesday. As you go, stick around. Hey, I ended sermon quite early today, so stick around, celebrate Daniel. We're going to bring donuts out right here. Um, Let me pray a blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Would you open up your hands and receive this? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you. Lord, may you walk with us. May we be quick to repent and turn to you like your servant David did. Lord, we leave here in your peace, in your glory, in your righteousness, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.